It has been proven as self-defense tactics that when being attacked, the first thing a person loses is their voice. When the attack finds their voice, it shifts the advantage to their position. The enemy has silenced women for too long with guilt, shame, accusation, and intimidation. In this hour, God is calling forth the other half of the army to release their role. Meanwhile, heaven is summoning forth those who would champion the overlooked and underregarded. In this episode of Keep 100, we will talk about what God is doing in women, the emerging generation of Esther's endeavors, and hear from pioneer and prophetic voice, Cindy Jacobs. Welcome to Keep It 100 Podcast with Sean and Krista Smith. Join us in this space where we take on real issues with real insight and your real inspiration. This podcast is for those not looking for temporary relief to change circumstance, but revelation to forever change lives. Hey, everybody. It's another week of the Keep It 100 podcast with Sean and Krista Smith. Hey, everybody. We are so looking forward to the topic about women being released in this hour because we are in an Esther and a Deborah time. So this topic hits home for me personally. So I'm so excited to dive into it. But before we do, I want to talk about how fun was Thanksgiving this last week. It was amazing. It's always great to get together with family, especially, I think, against the backdrop that this has been one of those unique years where we've been separated and all this kind of stuff but it's good just to have a meal love on family we had three generations yeah we did present and it was just awesome it was awesome. And you know, it just got me all the more excited because it's been such a time of quarantine. I know every state's different, but California has just been in lockdown since March pretty much. And we've gone back into lockdown uh, recently. And so, you know, it just, it felt so nice to be with family and just connect and have that quality time and just enjoy each other. That's right. Well, I'm ready to dive in. You want to dive in? Let's dive in. All right. You know, it's funny, Krista, I saw this interview with this amazing lady and I just want to share with the Keep It 100 listeners. About three weeks ago, I don't know if you know this, history was made by the Florida Marlins of Major League Baseball. They hired Kim Ng, an Asian American, as the first woman hired as a general manager by any major professional men's teams in North American sports. That was trailblazing. Oh my goodness. That is powerful. You know, I love it. I love it when I see women push through barriers and really break through and really show us, you know, women can do so many different things and there doesn't have to be a barrier in the areas of football or baseball or other sports because women are incredible sports too. So what a breakthrough. I love that for her. And listen, that interview, you could tell that this lady was very accomplished and that she's going to be a benefit to that organization. They're going to love to have her. And she even in her kind of interview, she alluded to the fact of how proud she was as a woman and of other women who are shattering glass ceilings so that future generation of young girls won't have to worry that their dreams aren't achievable. You know, I love those celebrations and I think we're going to only continue to see more and more women shattering ceilings and breaking through previous barriers because we are in the day and the hour at this time where God is anointing women to rise up like never before. But it's interesting that whenever God highlights and puts his hand on a people group, you know, specifically women in this episode, that's what we're focused on. There's often backlash on the other side of that. So as we're seeing women get released, we're also seeing the kickback and the clap back for against women at this time. And, uh, you know, we all remember about a year ago, there was a prominent male pastor who really made 
made some offensive remarks against a well-known female Bible teacher. And during that time, we just saw this narrow-mindedness kind of kick in of someone that is of prominent status and has quite an influence and a platform. And the mocking, the attitude and belief system about women was put on such display. It really, it really shocked me as a woman. I thought, oh my word. And not only um, was there mocking to this day, and here's here I, I do want to just add a caveat before I continue. I believe in transformation. I believe that someone can always change, but at this point of time, there hasn't been a repentance. There hasn't been any remorse or change of mind from the previous comments. And so it just reminded me that as God is highlighting, the enemy often wants to kick back who God is anointing in the hour. It's so true. And he told her to go home. And yeah. I, was, I was grieved by that, but I was particularly impressed by the female Bible teacher, just how she forgave. She took the high road and it was just really amazing to see that she wasn't deterred by that. She's right. still encouraging people in the body of Christ. I love her ministry. I yeah. really have received from her and really been impacted by what God has, has given to this amazing woman of God. You know, a great example of this is in Acts 10. Peter had a difficult time in the whole aspect of allowing Gentiles to come to the table. Mm. But in Acts chapter 10, he has a revelation and God told him to eat something. He says, no, 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 God, that's unclean. And so all of a sudden, God, as often when God begins to highlight people groups. He's got to deal with those old modalities. He's got to deal with fixed mindsets and religious habits. And he told him to eat something that Peter would find unclean. And God told Peter, do not call unclean what I've called clean. In other words, don't put a label on something just because of your tradition. And the cool thing is God poured his spirit out on Gentiles. And Peter was the one to say, who are we to keep these from being water baptized now? In other words, they're just as much a part of the church and ready to contribute as any of us Jews. And so I thought that was huge that we already see this in the book of Acts. It's so true because I think Peter's such an incredible example. As we stay connected to the spirit of God, God is at times going to throw away our comfort zone, even our preconceived notions of how he does something or who he's ministering through. And I believe we are once again in that hour, even now in our, in the church today, even within our nation where we have to be dialed into a Holy Spirit saying, because he works in ways that are not our ways, his ways are higher. Isaiah 55 talks about this. And when he does things different, we often seem surprised. But the truth is we all know God's always going to do things outside the box because he's not limited to our systems or even our preconceived notions. You know, the awesome thing or the silver lining to that verbal attack we were referring to earlier by that prominent male pastor against this amazing uh, female Bible teacher is that there were so many that came to her defense and so many uh, male pastors, theologians, and others that really underscored from scripture and from their hearts, just championing women. It just really excited me just to hear that. And when we talk about women, it's very interesting, Krista, because at the Global Prophetic Summit, where you and I got a chance to share a main session right. that was hosted by Cindy Jacobs, you had a prophetic word about ministry. Would you share with our Keep It 100 tribe, what was the prophetic download that God gave you about women in this season? You know, the Lord really uh, downloaded to me that with this statement, and this is how he dropped it in my spirit. He said, these are the days of Esther. That's what the Lord said to me. And I said, okay, Lord, what do you mean by that? And then he showed me that there's been a spirit of Haman that's been released on this nation. 
imagination. And when I began to understand and study Haman, and I had some uh, a, d- a dear family friend of ours send us some notes that she had on Haman, and I was just blown away by the research of understanding what Haman's name actually means. It means multiple things, but a few things that I found really interesting was the name Haman actually means disorder, unrest, and then the wife Zeresh, which was Haman's wife, it, her name meant misery and strange, and then Haman had 10 sons. And I won't go through the meaning of all 10 sons' names, but just for an example, uh, one of his sons' names meant sneaky, interpreter of the law. Another was arrogant, uh, sexual perversion, and the list goes on and on. And we see this demonic agenda that's been unleashed in the nation, and the Lord showed me we're in the days of Esther, because as the Haman agenda has been released, it was the Esther in the Bible that stood up and overturned the agenda of Haman. And we are once again in that hour in this nation at this time where God is again highlighting the Esther saying, come on, Esther's arise and take your position, take authority because of what you walk in and who you are for this hour to overturn the Haman spirit. It is the Esther arising at this time. And what was really cool was the Lord then showed me a picture of a table and there was all these people around the table and the Lord cleared the table and he created space between chairs front and center in the middle of the table. And he put two chairs forward. He put two African-American women in those chairs. And the Lord said, tell the African-American women, I am highlighting their voice where they haven't previously been heard. They're going to be heard now. I'm amplifying their voice in this hour. And God is going to raise up African-American women to be used as Esther's in this hour to overturn the Haman spirit. They are a key carrier of what God is doing in this time. But I want to encourage women of all races, of all ages, of all socioeconomic statuses. I want you to know God is raising up women. So women get ready because lids are getting removed. Ceilings are getting broken through and walls are coming down. Barriers are evaporating because God is doing something with women in this hour and you are part of it. I love that boo. That is amazing. Well, keep your 100 tribe. We have a special, special interview roundtable talk with Cindy Jacobs. excited about today's episode because we have the incredible Cindy Jacobs with us. We we love her. We're, we're honored to be able to call her spiritual mama in our life. And um, today I just want to talk to you about a really important conversation. And it's about women and a women in this hour that are being used so significantly. And I want you to kind of speak to what you feel like God is doing with women today in this hour, 2020, because we are seeing God highlight women at this time. Yeah, it's really interesting. Um, um, listeners, you know, some of you may know a bit of U.S. history, but it took like 88 years for women to get the right to vote, mm. you know, the suffrage movement. Right. And then we see what Jesus did for women. You know, I was writing my book, Women Rise Up. You know, I just began to notice that, I mean, Jesus had women in his troop. Mm. No rabbi did that. Right. I mean, you know, I, I remember reading this thing where if a rabbi saw his wife in the market and she touched him, like his robes, or he'd, he'd be unclean. Whoa. He'd have to ceremonially. His own wife. Yeah, his own wife. Oh, my. Yeah. And so we've come a long way. So I glad mean, we don't live in that. Yeah, you two <laughs> would you be just- toast. You would totally be toast. He'd be always having to cleanse ceremonially, whatever that was, you know, sacrifice a lamb or something, I don't know. But 
Jesus did more for women. I mean, there's a reason women were, you know, the last at the cross and the mm. first at the tomb. Ooh, so good. Come on, Mama Cindy. Because there was nobody like Jesus for us. I mean, Jesus lived in a time where they prayed a prayer every day that, you know, thank God I'm not, what was it, a dog or a woman, you know, or something like that. Oh, my. Right. Yeah. In, wow. in their prayers. Right. You know, so, you know, Mary could sit at the feet of Jesus and learn from the rabbi. You know, all these things that we just think, ah, no big deal. You know, he was breaking the societal norms. Um, yeah, but, but today, you know, we are seeing women fight human trafficking right yes. you know we know all these ones you know uh sharon nye in hollywood mm-hmm. you know i mean i have a friend in mexico rosie roscoe she'll call me well i got a death threat today you know i'm riding around in her bulletproof car thinking oh my goodness if the mexican mafia is going after her i'm in the car you know <laughs> i mean i mean we have amazing women amazing yeah, but the new generation that's rising up is more, I mean, mm-hmm. fearless. Oh, yeah. So you true. Know, yeah, yeah. We were talking about the new Wonder Woman, but I mean, it's true, really. And the signs and wonders, woman, or whatever you want to say. We were talking about the stories of Deborah in the Bible, you know. Deborah was a judge when, you know, women were, you have to understand, women were nothing. They couldn't own property. Why? They were nothing. No inheritance. No nothing. inheritance. Yeah. No livelihood uh, yeah, unless yeah. provided for I mean, by a man. Yeah, yeah, the husband could literally put their things outside the door right. and they were divorced. And she ruled the nation. Incredible. Yeah. Yeah. yeah so you have to you have understand to kind of, historical yeah, context. You have, yeah, that's yeah. one way you you study the Bible is studying the history of the time to understand what was going on. And so I remember, you know, when I was first preaching, I was preaching one time at a conference. I mean, I'll never forget I was on the board of March for Jesus. And this man stood up in the middle of my preaching and began to scream that I was a heretic, you know. Oh, my oh. God. I mean, he's just yelling at me, you know, and got up and marched off, you know. And, I mean, I didn't try to have an altercation with him or sure. whatever. Yeah. Uh, I did, and I just picked up where I left off. We have to do that. Satan wants to cause us to get into diversion, like mm-hmm. to divert us from our path or to wound our soul, you know, as women. Then the devil wins. Don't be ridiculous, you know. I mean, uh, and if you're ever going to be a, a great leader, you know, sorry guys, you know, you're hitchhiking a little bit on this conversation, but if you're ever going to be <laughs> a great leader you know rejection the possibility to feel rejected could be your daily bread Mm. don't eat it whoa okay Mm -hmm. don't eat it oh my goodness you know you have got to decide okay if if somebody doesn't say hello to you and you get offended you're never going to survive when the press comes after you right yeah i mean they because they start like slamming you on multiple levels you know the secular press particularly and you know cutting and pasting what you've said to make you look like an idiot you know i mean that's happened to me but you've got to, it's it's a test for you. Mm-hmm. One time I was preaching in a nation and I had just been there and they asked me to come back and do this big outdoor meeting. You know, I got there and I was, I had my sermon, I was ready to preach and the pastors decided I couldn't preach that night. They were going to let a man preach. Mm. So they put this guy up before me, but they said, oh, but you could pray for the sick. So I came up afterwards. I mean, the blind saw, like this guy's had a huge metal plate. It turned come to Come on, bone. Jesus. Crossed eyes were straightening, and I when I went in, I you know I was having a pity party. I was 
was crying. I said, Lord, I know you gave me this message. And, and you know, he said, this isn't a test for them, Cindy Jacobs. This is a test for you. Ooh. Can you rejoice Yeah. that he could preach better? You know, can you rejoice and bless your brother? It was like, oh, you know, I had to get my attitude right. Mm-hmm. I'm thinking I paid my way. Mm-hmm. I'm so tired. I just came back around and did this. And, and then God gave me all of that. Mm. He didn't tell me. I didn't even know I was going to be up on that platform at all. Right. You know, but it was a test. He was trying to grow me up. Mm-hmm. And and filter out that ego. Yeah. Right? You know, where it's mm-hmm. like, okay, you know, you, you don't get the opportunity to preach tonight, but I still want you to minister. I still want you to pour out. Mm-hmm. And you have that crossroad moment where you're like, do I get offended? And do I allow the enemy uh, to rob this opportunity from me? Or do I just go, you know what, Lord? I'm grateful for the opportunity, whatever it looks like. Mm-hmm. And however I can pour out, however I can love on people. I'll take that mm-hmm. and refuse to get caught up in the, maybe the people's inability to see what you carry and just mm-hmm. be like, Hey, you know, God's the one that releases my anointing, whether mm-hmm. a door opens and shuts in the natural is mm-hmm. irrelevant to what I carry. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And so does it define me? Yeah. That exactly. Those defining key moments where you don't let their stuff define you. I think for me, I'm watching kind of the scape of the nation and really in a sense, uh, because we're on a global pause, you, we're getting more of an opportunity to see globally what's going on, but I'm going to specifically speak to America. I'm seeing women uh, more than ever be raised up and highlighted in this hour and specifically even women of color. Um, I'm going to include white women in that because I don't want to be excluded, but I also recognize I really want to come alongside and whatever I can do to help release women of color. I think that's so significant in this hour with what God's doing, uh, but women in general, we're talking, you talked about Deborah, judge in the nation, Esther, who was just a, a person in the Bible and the word that just so displayed a humility uh, that she walked in a favor and an influence and she put everything on the line uh, for her people and her generation uh, to not only be delivered, but for the, the cause of the Lord and the plans of the Lord to go forth. And her life was one that helped push them forward. I'm seeing God raise up the Deborahs. I'm seeing God raise up the Esthers of this generation for this hour at this time, because we're in such a pivotal time in history. But the Esthers didn't happen without the Mordecai. And I believe there is a women's movement that's arising, but that's not to exclude men. So some men might be listening today and going, man, this is just about women. No, no, no. I believe God's called men and women. And there are seasons and times prophetically in history where we look at them and maybe a man was the forerunner at that time, but women were still very key and still very much a, a a key part of what God was doing. And I believe at this time in history, women are forefront and leading, but men are still very much a part of what God is doing. And I believe when we recognize, in a sense, who has the anointing in the moment, doesn't mean men don't have an anointing. Of course they do. They always will, right? Uh, Because they're so valuable. Uh, But I also recognize God is highlighting women. And uh, I I really see at times when God begins to highlight a group, right? Uh, And specifically, I'm saying women of color, and I'm going somewhere with this. And that is the the reality of uh, when God highlights 
a people group or a specific uh, vein, so to speak, the enemy often brings a counterfeit version of that. And I've seen that very much uh, with some different voices that have arisen at this hour. Uh, we're seeing the God voices arise, but we're also seeing the counterfeit voices. I'd love for you to speak to that. Um, when we're seeing a women's movement, I'm also seeing the counterfeit version of what women think is freedom, what women think is being unhinged or untamed is a, is a word that's being thrown out there right now for women and for them to find them true selves. And I'm seeing a lot of women Women make uh, decisions that are walking away from God, all with the narrative that they're speaking of. I'm living out the who, who God called me to be, but it's very much in defiance of their God identity. And it's a false liberation of women. And, and I want you to speak to that because I feel like we're seeing this real God to move and then this real counterfeit liberation of women that are very much walking in a counterfeit version of their identity. As a prophet, what do you, what do you say to that? What do you speak to that? Well, you know, I think it's part of it is identity. Yeah. Like, I don't, it's what filter you're looking through. Like, I don't see it as my choice to board a child. Mm -hmm. You know, it's, that's not a choice because God gave life. My choice is to be a vessel that can bring someone that could be a a significant person to change the face of the earth. Mm -hmm. You know, you think about there's somebody inside of me. Okay, may you know, I, the most horrible thing maybe happened to me. You know, I've met people who were a child of rape or whatever, and they're mm -hmm. up changing things there. So I think I think it's very important to have perspective in that. Mm -hmm. You know, and I think it's like when you have to say it's my choice. When you have to say it's like part of living the Christ-like life is saying, okay. My body is a temple of God. You know what I mean? It's it's not about me. You know, because realizing God always wants the best for us, even in the bad times. Mm -hmm. But yet releasing, realizing as women that we have a voice that matters because God created Absolutely. us. You know, we have a voice against injustice. We mm -hmm. have a voice that speaks to eradicate uh, systemic racism, mm -hmm. systemic yes. poverty, yes. human trafficking. Yes. And women are rising up in Absolutely. these areas. The advocacy, yeah. the abolitionists. Yes. Yeah, activism yes. against mm -hmm. pedophilia yes. and activism. And these, I think, you know, it's not that men don't do this, but, you know, I think within a, every woman, whether you've ever been married or whether you ever had kids, God put a mother's heart in all of us. Mm -hmm. You know, we see these kids being abused or whatever, and we we want to take care of them. Yes. And and I think also allowing women of color to have a platform is so important because in yes. God's economy and God's purpose, he made a beautiful flower garden. He sees color. He loves color. I hate it when white people say, oh, I don't see color. Then you're saying God made a mistake making right. this person. Wow. And you don't That's see good. them. Yeah. Yeah, you don't right? see them. You don't see them. God loves right. Cafe LA right. or, you know, or whatever. <laughs> I love you know? that. It's great. <laughs> that's that's right. kind of like you, Sean. Like you're this beautiful Cafe LA color. I received that. I love that. I mean, but uh, I saw this picture of this Sudanese model, and she's like the blackest model on the earth. Yes. She was stunning. I don't know if stunning. you saw her picture. Yeah, beautiful. But... Yeah, and I think that for the women in the white community, it's time for us, like you said, let's be champions. Yes. 
You know, uh, we were having dinner just last night, hard to believe, but with Ed Savoso, and he said that talking about all the women that were immigrant women, you know, like Esther was an immigrant. Yeah, that's right. You know, uh, Deborah lived in an occupied country, things like that. Those are the ones God's highlighted. Yes. He says, like, you have value. You're important. And I want to speak to you, you know, as a listener, you have value. You are important. And, you know, whatever you are, red, yellow, brown, black, and white. But if we can speak to the, if you let me, I am white, but speak to the white community. You know, let's let's be champions. Let's yes. look around and value people of color's voice. You know, just like Absolutely. you were saying. Yeah, I remember um, Cora Berry was the mayor of uh, Washington, D.C.'s wife, Mary Berry. And so she, we went to Anacostia in D.C., murder capital of, you know, this nation at that time. And she says, I'm going to, you know, I'm going to take you on a journey. So she took us to the home of Frederick Douglass. And, you know, he was such a freedom fighter. Maybe you yes. don't know who Frederick Douglass was. Yeah. First yeah. black in Congress, you know, and stuff like that. You know, it's like she, I realized I had so much to learn from her. And I needed to be willing to submit to what she knew. That's right. One thing that we can do as white people, whether we realize it or not, is we talk down to other people Hmm. in other communities. You know, it's like we're in this paternalistic kind of zone. You know, if you ever watch the movie The Help, you know, that's so it, you know. And let me talk to you listening, you know, whether you're a guy and, you know, my husband has been such an advocate for me. Yes. You know, of course, you know, I remember one time, the first time I was on the cover of Charisma Magazine, I think it was was 1994 and the editor then told me that all they'd have to do is put women and ministering the same sentence and they'd get bags of hate mail you know so just wow. by putting me on the cover My they took goodness. a risk of all this pushback and all this hate mail and they knew what they were doing you know it was an article the ladies in general but mike i mean even to this day if we get bad you know tons of bad emails or Occasionally, we get still letters, hard copy. But, you know, my son or my husband, man, they're out there. I never even see those things. Right. You don't they need to totally yes. deal with that yeah. for that. me. Yeah. yeah. Come on, Mike and Daniel. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Fight for your mom and your wife. I think it's great to find people we can be an advocate for. That's right. I mean, we don't ever have to say a word. Mm. Just come alongside of them and listen to their stories mm-hmm. and uh, applaud them, yeah. celebrate them you know give them dignity and strength you know and let them be in the highlight and not you i love that i think that's such a reflection as we're calling this 21st century deborah and esther's Mm -hmm. that it says in judges 5 it speaks of the the state of the times and it says they chose new gods but much like today people are choosing gods of money gods of sexuality gods of eastern mysticism it says that there was essentially violence it says that people abandoned life in the streets and it's speaking of the violence it says that there was war in the gates which gates in that time was leadership so they were saying that there were voids in leadership and then it says that essentially there wasn't a weapon possessed by God's people so they felt in the midst of that how can I even fight this battle and it says all these things existed until I Deborah arose a mother in Israel mm. I think it's so powerful to think that even at times like this that someone could be listening and they may not feel like they have the platform that the two of you have. 
They may feel like, hey, I'm, I'm stuck at home watching kids, which, by the way, is the ultimate profession. Yeah. Uh, they may feel like, hey, I'm just working this job and I'm, I'm kind of a wage earner trying to make it happen. They may be single moms, divorced moms, young single gals. And yet you have a position to be a mother and an influencer. I think it was Henrietta Mears, who was never married, never had kids. She impacted two of the greatest soul-winning, impactful vessels of the modern era. At the same time, she added a forest lawn uh, house. She had Bill Bright, who founded Campus Crusade for Christ, and had Billy Graham and launched them both. And here was a, a, a woman that they said to her, if you continually try to read, you're going to go blind. She says, well, then I want to be, I want to go blind reading the truth because she studied the word. And I just think, what what a legacy and how how wrong it is I think for the good old boys club to not acknowledge, we need the other side of the army. If we're going to see a third grade awakening, we can't have half the army on mute. We need the daughters of Zion to roar. And and so I'm so glad that we're talking about this issue. I love that. That's so powerful. You know, in a time where we are seeing God highlight women and there's such a, I feel like a battle for the identity of women at this hour. I think that's why there's been such an agenda with the counterfeit versus what God's doing. And I'm seeing a pull over so many women and women that I know have walked with God and love God. They had, there's been like a seduction I've seen in this hour at this time where they've just taken this counterfeit, very liberal women's movement agenda. And it's like, God loves women. He's releasing women, but there's a sanctified God identity version of what he's doing at that's this good, hour, right? Good. And how can we speak to the identity of women at this time? Because when I asked you the question earlier, your instant response was, it's their identity. It's the identity. What can we speak to as women, that place of identity where that seduction is broken, that that enticement to a false narrative um, isn't enticing? Uh, how, how can we, as women of God, speak to that place uh, in women's hearts? Well, you know, again, a lot of times, like if you're really called to just Justice or make things right. If you don't have the Bible really as your anchor, if you don't believe it really is the Word of God, right. then you say, okay, well, I can only make things right by going to being for people who want to have an abortion, being for people who want to choose mm-hmm. whatever sexual identity they want to. And, and so I think it's really being so rock solid in who you are and realizing that God is the bringer of justice mm-hmm. and that he will help us bring justice in ways we cannot imagine or dream. Mm-hmm. And also knowing what, what you're supposed to do to bring justice. Mm-hmm. You know, I think that that's really important. I've always known that I was to be a champion for the next generation coming after me yeah. as a woman. You know, I remember I told a group of young women, you know, I began to tell them stories of things that happened to me and different things along the way. And I said, look, don't waste this opportunity. You know, I really suffered to right. open these doors <laughs> right. for you. So don't be silent, you know, don't mess it up. Don't just fought for this. Yeah, yeah, I fought for this for you. I look at the young women at Bethel or Chase, you know, Harvest International Ministries, H-I-M, or these different movies, Jesus Culture. And I just thought, they don't even have to think. Think a second as mm. a woman, but they have a right to be on that platform. Right. Mm. Never enters their mind. Mm. Every time I stood on that platform for years, I realized there were the probabilities there were people out there that hated it. Mm. You know what I was saying? I mean, I was preaching in Ireland a few years ago, and uh, when this 
when they heard I was going to preach and be there, I was, you know, walked out on too. Uh, the pastors in Wales came in and talked to my host and uninvited me to the pastor's prayer gathering. You oh know, my. you know, wow. I mean, ask, came and said, please don't bring Cindy Jacobs to mm. this gathering. Oh my. Yeah. You know, I mean, so, you know, it's like, I have a choice in that moment. Yeah, you do. Yeah. Yeah, I have a choice. But the thing is, I know that there are going to be women in Wales. They're going to be an incredible voice for revival. You know, we're talking Amen. about your roots. You know, you have some whatever, Scottish or yes, whatever. Scottish you know, and Irish. Yeah. yeah. And they were the reformers. Yes. And, you know, uh, St. Patrick and all that. Yes. You know, but I think that you have to be rock solid what you're called to do. That's right. Yeah, and if your identity isn't in Christ, you waver. You'll get offended. Mm-hmm. We can't walk around. A woman with an offended spirit mm. defiles so many people. Yes. You know, Hebrews what in 12, I think it is, it talks about how a bitter root defiles. And, you know, if you, if you have this agenda, this, you know, chip on your shoulder... I hate men, or men are always stopping me. Well, you know, then when you preach, it's going to leak out of you. Mm-hmm. You know, when you talk to people, it's going to leak out of you. That's so, so good. true. Yeah. And so you just can't have that. Yeah. You can't so be true. a hater. <laughs> so you just true. can't be, you know? And I feel like for women in, the, in their area of identity is so key, especially in this hour, Who, what voices are you listening to? Who are you allowing to speak into your life? And in this time of COVID, and I know every state is different. California is still very closed. You're obviously from Texas. It's not as closed. And in a time of isolation and what feels as a time of disconnect, because a lot of people's community is still online. The spiritual family, church families is still meeting online, still not meeting in person. I've noticed this kind of kind of regression of, of women and their identity in God. And there's a narrative they're hearing from the news or from social media or from different media outlets where they are basically repeating what's being dictated to them versus I can tell there's an absence of the previous God voices in their life. And I and I feel like when we're speaking to at this hour, because really I'm speaking to this time in our nation, we're at such a pivotal time. God's highlighting women. He's raising up the Deborahs. He's raising up the Esthers at this time. He's raising up women of influence to bring freedom, to bring kingdom justice. But the voices that you allow in your life at this hour to me have never been more important. And because there is such a um, disconnect in the natural, but what a perfect time to connect in the spirit because things have slowed down. There's a time to reflect at this hour when life has gotten a little less busy, maybe for some, but I feel like God's inviting us into this place of intimacy because he's setting us up for what we're to carry. And this hour, whom you're, whom you're allowing to speak into your life is so, so, so important. Um, and so, so I feel like even for some listeners, um, you've gone back to some old voices. You've gone back to some some people that you knew previously God's like, hey, that's not the voice I've called you to have speak into your life. And you've removed some God influences and you've brought in some old familiar things because you have felt um, the instability and the insecurity of the time. And often when we feel insecure or unstable, we go back to what's familiar. Mm-hmm. And I felt like God's like breaking the familiar and still going to the unknown with God. And I feel like there's an invitation 
mentioned for the God voices to reconnect in your, in your life right now. Cause I feel like if we're speaking to identity, there has to be times where people are reminding you of who you are and what you carry and who God is in your life and in you. Um, I know for me, that's been pivotal as a woman. So, um, at this hour, again, I'm just speaking to this Cindy and I'm just kind of picking your brain cause I, you're a prophet and I, I want to know what the prophets are saying. Right. So I'm taking advantage of this moment, but I feel like because women are being highlighted, what is the greatest asset of being a woman of God in this hour? Well, we're real leaven, mm. you know, I mean, just like a woman cooks, so you might cook or anybody really, that's kind of a sexist remark, I'm sure, <laughs> but you know, makes bread, you know, and it causes it to rise. You know, I'm determined wherever I am, I'm that leaven. Mm. Wow. Okay. When I walk into a place the atmosphere of God comes in there. Mm-hmm. That's true. Yeah. That is true. Yeah. You do that. Yeah. And I mean, some of you are listening. You know, so I remember when I would listen to this kind of talk, I just think, could that ever be me? Mm. I mean, it really wasn't a lot from women in my early days, but just people talking about making a difference. Yeah. You know, and I remember just burning, wanting to do something. And I mean, it was I, it was just, I want to say to you what God told me. The Lord said, I know where you live. Mm. Wow. That's and so I good. don't waste anything. Mm. That's so good. Like, I realized, I remember when I was 30, you know, I didn't preach till I was 30. And I got, I, God called me when I was nine. And I thought, wow, you know, you, you didn't even let me go to Bible school. You know, it's like, <laughs> okay, you know, maybe that was all just, I was weirding out or something. You know, that wasn't really God calling me or all that. You know, and then God hit the go button, you know. God has two speeds, wait and fast forward. You know, he goes, nothing happens. And then you're yeah. going so fast, it scares you. That's so you good. Know? So true. But I want to say to you, God is putting that burning desire in your heart. You know, when we're talking about being an advocate for people of color or women of it's just loving people. It's not hard. It's not rocket science, you know. Mm-hmm. It's just loving like Jesus loves. So, you know, I just want to pray for you as a mm-hmm. listener. And I just want to say to you, this is like God reaching out to you right now mm-hmm. and saying your life has value. Mm-hmm. I created you for destiny. I created you for good. You're not a mistake. You know, what? whatever it is, mm-hmm. you know, God is going to see you get to your destination. Come on. What's the greatest challenge for women in this hour? Well, you know, I think believing in yourself. Yeah. You know, it's like... So true. Somehow, it seems like women get so beat down. Yeah, I know. Women are really hard on themselves. Yeah, the Bible says love others, this you love yourself. Mm -hmm. You know, and I just find a lot of times women, you know, either they they go two directions, either they're a shoeaholic, you know, or they won't (laughs) spend a penny on themselves. You know what I mean? Right. It's like finding that place, you know, a balance or... You know, where you really do you love yourself. Yeah. If you can't love yourself, you're not going to love anybody else. That's true. You know, uh, I really, in the early days, trying to bring women together, mm-hmm. it was really hard. Yeah. I couldn't get them to see the value of coming together. Mm-hmm. I couldn't see, like, you know, men would have all these meetings, men in leadership, and the women just didn't show. And I was really upset with them. But then I got over myself. <laughs> and, you know, and I just realized that sometimes there are things that just seem to press you down and press you back. And so as you're, you're listening, again, we say, this is a God moment for mm-hmm. you. Mm-hmm. Uh, God wants you to believe in yourself, but in a healthy way. Mm-hmm. 
not to be selfish and say it's about me, again, my body, my choice. No, it's about becoming a vessel mm-hmm. that God can use mm-hmm. and living for others. Yeah. You know, if you live for others, God yeah. will see your needs are met. That's so good. That's so good. I, I love, you know, that movie, uh, What Women Want with Mel Gibson. I remember watching that and he had this insight because obviously he had the ability, you know, kind of a silly movie, but I, I really liked it. And he had, he did a Nike pitch. And in the Nike pitch, he's like, women are really hard on themselves. He's like kind of doing the brainstorming session for this pitch. He's like, women are really hard on themselves. They, they live in a place of regret. They're always worrying. They second guess themselves. And as I'm watching the movie, I'm like, we do do that, right? It was just like watching a movie. And then it, it sounds funny, but from that point, from watching that movie, and this is years ago, because this movie's old. And I remember making a conscious decision at that point. I'm going to stop being so hard on myself. I'm going to stop living in a place of regret. I'm going to stop second guessing myself. And like you said, actually believing that I am who God says I am, not from a place of perfection, not because I always nail it, but because the grace and the kindness of God, he covers my shortcomings and he uses my shortcomings to teach me more about him. But God's not looking for me to be perfect. He's looking for me to be available. And when I become available and I just have a yes in my life, I actually believe that God, uh, who God says I am, I am. And that for women, I think is so key because we're talking about identity. We're talking about being the Deborah, being the Esther. They both had to pass through those challenges they had within themselves of self-doubt and worry. I mean, it even talks about Esther. I mean, she was afraid. I mean, Mordecai had to challenge her to actually go before the king. She's like, are you crazy? I could die. And he's like, hey, if you don't do it, someone else is going to do it, Esther. And then she realizes, okay, if I, if I die, I die. If I perish, I perish. Like, I'm going to go ahead and just live my life for God fully. You know, he's put me in this position of influence. And she actually believed in that moment she could be the one that could change the course of history. And I think she's such an incredible picture of not necessarily doing it because she was the most confident person in the world or had it all together or had the right resume. Hardly. It was quite the opposite. She was afraid. She's orphaned. She's an immigrant. She is not of the right people group. Everything in, in, in the natural was kind of working against her. But because because she believed the word of God over her life and she actually believed she could be a deliverer. She actually believed she could be used by God. Boom. Right when we actually step into a place of agreement with God, you spoke this over my life and I'm actually going to take you at face value and say, okay, Lord, if you said it, it's true. That's when we see things begin to shift in our family, in our marriages, over our kids, our home, our coworkers. Your sphere of influence, I want to speak to listeners, your sphere of influence begins to shift when you come into agreement with who God says you are. Uh, Cindy, you've walked to this so well and the obstacles you had to go through repeatedly in your life. And I know the listeners are just getting this little tiny Mm -hmm. snippet of these little windows into your stories, but the persecution, the accusations, the people that have risen up against you, and yet you have stayed sweet in the spirit, yet you have stayed a lover of people, even when people have spoken against you, even when the accuser has risen up, you've loved, and you've stood your ground, you haven't wavered, and you've refused to be offended, and then God's used you, because you've just believed, God, you called me to be a prophet, 
God, you called me to be a voice. And that's changed everything. And I know there's women listening today that are like, how can I be a part of Cindy's ministry? How can I get to know more what she's doing? Check her out, hughgenerals.org. And I just want to say thank you for for battling through and for not giving up, staying the course, uh, because truly our lives have benefited from it. Thanks for coming today. We love you. Yeah, thank you. It's been so much fun. Love you all. Love you listeners too. Wow, was that powerful? Cindy's always incredible. That woman is absolutely amazing. She's been such a champion of women and she continues to be such a leader and a release of women for this hour. I really love her vulnerability and her transparency and her heart just for people that others overlook. I think it was amazing. Well, as always, Keep It 100 Tribe, we have our Keep It 100 takeaways. In this episode, we want to give you Two points on the significance of partnering with the emerging women's movement. It's so important to partner with this women's movement because Jesus partnered with women. You know, Jesus was very counterculture in his affirmation of women. It was women who were first that came to the tomb, who were the first to see the resurrected Jesus. These women were the first to be entrusted with the news that he had been raised from the dead. And N.T. Wright says Mary Magdalene and the others are actually the apostles to the apostles. I love that. You know, we have to be reminded in in Jesus's earthly ministry, he used the example of the widow giving her mites to rebuke self-righteousness and even religious leaders. He honored the woman who broke the alabaster box. He also included the women as characters in his parables of the lost coin, the unjust judge, and the 10 bridesmaids, which we find in Matthew. And Jesus even affirmed the woman who was unceremonially unclean, the woman with the issue of blood. We find that in Luke. And then he forgave gave and he restored the dignity of the woman caught in the act of adultery. Why? Because Jesus has always loved women, valued women, empowered them, brought their dignity back, but also always called out the voice of who women are. And he's doing that today. He is. He really is doing it. You can see that. The second and our last point in the significance of partnering with the emerging women's movement is really twofold. And it's simply this, with some exceptions, and I want to emphasize some exceptions, the church has exchanged our place as the socially progressive force for a culturally backwards one as it relates to this position. On the issue of women rising up to the position of influence, it seems like culture has led the way. When we as Christ followers, we should be the ones leading the way. We can be better in championing women as Jesus did. So let's regain our position as trailblazers and pioneers of the kingdom, recognizing who God has poured his spirit on. Because if you really think about it, it doesn't seem right to utilize the gifting of women women without releasing their voice. Come on, say We release that. women to teach Bible classes. Uh, they're teaching kids ministry. They're organizing their service, fellowship events, managing day-to-day operations. Well, the majority of missionaries are women. But often when it comes to directional decisions, in some spaces, women are excluded. And let me just say, God's daughters being included in all levels of leadership is no longer an option. It's biblical, it's culturally necessitated, and it's required for the church's future. We need the full body to have a full impact. Ooh, yeah. And I want to leave you guys with a quote by Gordon Fee, who is a professor emeritus of the New Testament at Regent College. Here is Gordon Fee's quote. It seems like a sad commentary on the church and on its understanding of the Holy Spirit that quote unquote official leadership and ministry is allowed to come 
from only one half of the community of faith. The New Testament evidence is that the Holy Spirit is gender inclusive, gifting both men and women, and thus potentially setting the whole body free for all the parts to minister. And I would add to that that we must be reminded and encouraged. The prophet Joel said, before there would be multitudes, multitudes in the valley of decision, which I believe will be a day of harvest, he prophesied, God will pour out his spirit on sons and daughters. And I'm excited to be in that day where we are seeing God pouring out his spirit on sons and daughters. Keep it 100 tribe. As we close this week's episode, we pray and our hope is that you are not only encouraged and reminded of who you are as a woman of God, that if you're a guy listening to this episode, know that this includes you too. Esther was not Esther without the Mordecai. We are in the days of Esther's, therefore the Esther's and the Mordecai's are arising. I believe this includes the whole body of Christ. So men, if you have women in your life, begin to call out who they are in Christ Jesus and women begin to call out one another and remind each other that God is anointing us for this hour and your voice is valuable because this is the moment that we are going to overturn the Haman agenda in our nation. As always, will you continue to refer, rate, and review this podcast? Even share the link on your social media platforms. We would love to get the word out because we believe God wants to equip and build up the body of Christ. And this podcast, we believe, is a part of that. If you want to connect with us during the week, check us out on Facebook at Shauna Krista Smith Ministries. And then check us out on our website, SeanaKristaSmith.com. We'd love to hear how this podcast has impacted you. And you would not want to miss next week, Keep It 100 Tribe, as we have our conversation on Real Talk on marriage, the closest thing to heaven or hell anyone will experience this side of eternity. And as always, remember, relief can change your circumstance, but a revelation can change you. We hope you enjoyed today's episode of the Keep It 100 podcast with Sean and Krista Smith. Keep up with us on Facebook and Instagram at seanandkristasmith.com where you can discover more resources. If this podcast has impacted you, please subscribe and review wherever you listen to your podcast. Keep it 100!